Welcome, I'm Cliff Hedges. This is Pastor Cliff's Notes. This is a podcast where we're studying the Bible. We're working our way through the Gospel of Mark. Today is episode 959, and we're looking at Mark chapter 8, verses 11 through 21. Let's read our passage. The Pharisees came and began to argue with him, demanding of him a sign from heaven to test him. Sighing deeply in his spirit, he said, Why does this generation demand a sign? Truly, I tell you, no sign will be given to this generation. Then he left them, got back into the boat, and went to the other side. The disciples had forgotten to take bread and had only one loaf with them in the boat. Then he gave them strict orders. Watch out. Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the leaven of Herod. They were discussing among themselves that they did not have any bread. Aware of this, he said to them, Why are you discussing the fact that you have no bread? Don't you understand or comprehend? Do you have hardened hearts? Do you have eyes and not see? Do you have ears and not hear? And do you not remember? When I broke the five loaves for the five thousand, how many baskets full of leftovers did you collect? Twelve, they told him. When I broke the seven loaves for the four thousand, how many baskets full of pieces did you collect? Seven, they said. And he said to them, Don't you understand yet? This is the Gospel of Mark. Mark began with the Galilean ministry, Jesus traveling throughout Galilee, teaching, healing, casting out demons. He had several encounters with religious leaders, always negative encounters where they were criticizing everything he did, how he did it, who he did it with. Then he left Galilee, went north to Tyre, and he encountered the Gentile woman there where he cast the demon out of her daughter. And they went south to the east side of the Sea of Galilee to the Decapolis area. And there we saw the feeding of the 4,000. Then they left in a boat, crossed over to the area of Dalmanutha, which we're not sure exactly where it is. Matthew says they went to Magadon, which is another area we're not sure. So we think it's probably near Magdala, which is maybe a little north of the capital city of Tiberias. So we pick it up in Mark chapter 8, verse 11. They're now in Galilee, on the west side of the Sea of Galilee. The Pharisees came and began to argue with him, demanding of him a sign from heaven to test him. So he's dealing with the Pharisees again, and says they're demanding a sign from him. They're arguing with him. Some translations say they're questioning him. And they want a sign from heaven. Now, this is order to, in order to test him, to make sure he is who he says he is. And I said, well, why would they be asking for a sign from heaven? Haven't they seen the miracles, the feeding of the thousands, the healings, the casting out of demons, the raising people from the dead? What more do they want? Well, what they want is exactly something more. They're not doubting that Jesus has performed miracles, but a sign is not the same thing as a miracle. Sometimes you see them kind of interchangeably, but Mark never refers to miracles as signs. What they want is a sign to show Jesus's trustworthiness, not a miracle to show his power. They recognize his power, but remember, They've already accused him of being in league with Satan. That's the source of his power. In their minds, 
And so they're not looking for more miracles. They're looking for something undeniable that could only come from God as God's endorsement on him, proof that God is with him. Problem is, they already don't believe. So they're asking for a sign to counter their disbelief. Not that they believe they're going to get one, because they don't believe. And they're looking to test him. Verse 12. Sighing deeply in his spirit, he said, Why does this generation demand a sign? Truly, I tell you, no sign will be given to this generation. Well, the echoes here from the Old Testament, where you hear comments about this warped and crooked generation, Genesis 7, Deuteronomy 32, Psalm 95. Those are times where you see describing the people in their disbelief as a crooked and perverse generation or a warped and crooked generation. So it's that kind of language here. This is sighing deeply in his spirit. He's exasperated with these people. Now, the truly I tell you, no sign will be given to this generation. What he's literally saying here is, if a sign shall be given to this generation. So there's an if, but no then. It's just the first part of that. And basically, it's kind of an abbreviated form of something we often see in the Old Testament where somebody says something similar to, may God do so and more to me if ever a sign is given to this generation. That would be kind of some Old Testament language there, basically saying it's a promise. There is not going to be a sign given to this generation. So you see this shortened form. It's not the full self-epitaph that uh, you would see often in the Old Testament. But he's basically saying that ain't no way nobody's getting no sign today. Not this generation. And by there he means the people of Israel. No sign. And it's because of their disbelief. Verse 13. Then he left them got back into the boat, and went to the other side. Now, is this symbolic of a rejection of the Jewish people? Hard to say. It's certainly a rejection of that group he's dealing with. Now, we're told in verse 22 they go to Bethsaida, so that's heading up to the northeast corner of the Sea of Galilee. Verse 14, the disciples had forgotten to take bread and had only one loaf with them in the boat. Then he gave them strict orders. Watch out. Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the leaven of Herod. So what's he talking about here? Some translations say yeast, but yeast is more pure. Yeast is a form of leaven, but not all leaven is yeast. And leaven is just what causes the bread to rise. And it's almost always used in the Bible to describe evil to describe corruption, to describe the evil attitudes of people. They've probably just left the region of Magdala, just north of Tiberias. Tiberias is the capital city of Galilee, where Herod Antipas is. So that's why he talks about the leaven of the Pharisees that he's just been dealing with, and the leaven of Herod. We know they're both hostile to him. They both don't believe, and they're both having problems with corruption. Here, specifically, we just saw the Pharisees demanding a sign. Luke 23, when Jesus is being tried by Pilate, he encounters Herod, and Herod wants to see a sign there. But demanding a sign is just a lack of faith. 
So what is the leaven of the Pharisees and the leaven of Herod? I think it accords disbelief. So he's saying, beware of that. And so is he pushing them, saying, you guys are being influenced by these people of unbelief. It's, it's starting to affect you. Is, is that what he's saying? Hard, hard to say. Or is he just warning them, saying, look what bad shape these people are in their disbelief. Be careful you're insulated from them. Verse 16, they were discussing among themselves that they did not have any bread. And you say, wait a second. Back in verse 14, said they had one loaf. Well, I think you could just easily say did not have any bread to speak of. The point here isn't mathematical correctness. It's they don't have enough bread to feed everyone. Verse 17, aware of this, he said to them, why are you discussing the fact that you have no bread? Don't you understand or comprehend? Do you have hardened hearts? Do you have eyes and not see? Do you have ears and not hear? And do you not remember? When I broke the five loaves for the 5,000, how many baskets full of leftovers did you collect? Twelve, they told him. When I broke the seven loaves for the 4,000, how many baskets full of pieces did you collect? Seven, they said. And he said to them, don't you understand yet? Jesus exasperated with them now that they still don't get it. Jesus is talking about beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and of Herod. They think he's talking about bread. And they're worried. If we didn't bring enough bread. Are we in trouble? And Jesus is saying, whoa, whoa, I turned loaves into thousands of loaves. And you're worried you only got one loaf of bread? You're here with me. Uh, don't you get it yet? And I can just imagine him saying, and, and how many baskets full were left? Twelve. How many baskets were left? Seven. Interesting, the uh, words is translated baskets here, the 12 baskets in verse 19. That's the same word, little baskets, used in the feeding of the 5,000. And then in verse 20, baskets is the word big baskets used in the feeding of the 4,000. So don't worry about the bread. I'm here to take care of you. You don't understand that yet, do you? Are you so close to unbelief? These people I'm warning you to be on the lookout for. Are you so much like them that you don't get it? All this is leading up to them finally getting it. I mentioned last time the parallelism with the feeding of the multitudes. Chapter 6, you had the feeding of the 5,000. Chapter 8, the feeding of the 4,000. Then in chapter 6, they crossed the lake. In chapter 8, they crossed the lake. Then in chapter 7, had the dispute with the Pharisees over the ritual washing. Here in chapter 8, he just had the dispute with the Pharisees, demand for a sign. Then in chapter 7, had discussion about bread with the Gentile woman near Tyre. And here he's having a discussion with bread with the disciples. Next in chapter 7, he healed the deaf man with the difficulty speaking. Next time we'll see Jesus healing a blind man. Then chapter 7 ended with the confession of faith. He does everything well. Chapter 8, we'll see Peter's final confession. You are the Christ, the Son of God. So all this is pushing toward this confession of Peter, where they finally really do 
forget who Jesus is? And that's a central question always. Who is Jesus? Who is he really? He's not just a holy man, not just a good teacher, not just a, a good guy who did good things. He's the Son of God. He is the Savior, the Messiah. And the only way to be right with God is faith in Jesus Christ. Thanks for joining me. Join me again next time as we continue working through the Gospel of Mark.